Colorado. I'm going to make it very easy here. Altitude Sports Radio 92.5. Yeah, I don't know what it's like to tackle Derrick Henry. And Altitude TV. You got the best player in the world on your team. Your superstars playing like superstars. I like geology, so get off my back. It's Mosher, Lombardi, and Kane. Let the boy shoot. Don't look at me with your face. Here's Vic, Mark, and Brett. All right, we're back. Next break comes when the season ends for both the Avs and the Nuggets. Nuggets going to be on 92.5 tonight. We'll have the Avs on AM 950. And it's funny, we were talking yesterday about what are the expectations? What are the goals that you have post-All-Star break for the Nuggets? Well, it's something that was discussed by Michael Malone yesterday where his Seating and where the team is at at the end of the year in the conference standings is not, I think I saw this on your video, Vic. It's not the first or second priority to him for the post-All-Star break. He had other things in mind. and uh, Yeah, health. So here's what I want to do to start this. If you guys missed it, he was on with Dempsey & Company yesterday. He talked about health and its importance. Let's hear that. Uh, it would be health, you know, by far number one, and it'd be number one seed would be the third. You know, I, I think. Um, do we want to be the number one seed in the Western Conference? Of course we do. I think that would be tremendous. It worked great for us last year. We only, only lost one playoff game at home, and that was in the NBA Finals, Game Two against Miami. And when you have the crowd that we have every night, you know that you're going to have a very tough place to play. But at what point do you say? We win the battle, lose the war. I think our health and so much is going to be asked of our starting five. I don't want to overwhelm them in these last 27. Then we get to the playoffs, and now we are risking injury, and fatigue is a real factor. So we're going to do everything we can to win as many games as possible. But at the same time, we have to be smart about what we're doing, how we're doing it, and how much we're overloading guys. So for me – if we're healthy, I know this team can beat anybody anywhere. I have zero doubts about that. So that's why I say health would be number one. And then uh, we, we can figure out the number one seed, the number two seed, the number three seed, whatever it may be. And we can uh, kind of prepare ourselves once the regular season ends and you prepare for the postseason. So that was Malone on Dempsey and Company yesterday, giving me a very detailed explanation of what I think that translates to, Vic, is, yeah, we want to win. But more than that, if we're healthy, that's the most important thing. What did he say number two was? I think he went from one to three. Number two, I'm okay. assuming, was, I think he said it yesterday. Was it playing, like, consistent basketball and offense and defense and being in rhythm heading into the postseason, I'm assuming that's what it was. But wouldn't number two get you number three? Wouldn't number two get you improvements on the way to having the top seed, I guess? Could. So it's about what you want and what you aspire to do. I understand. I think having a top three seed is a priority. And I've said that from a long time. Top three seed. Not necessarily number one. Mm -hmm. Because I think they they can 
beat Minnesota or OKC in a seven-game series. I do. But having the top three seed is vital if you want to win an NBA championship. Mark in a dark room. Are you at Little Caesars, Mark? Yes, I am at Little Caesars Arena. And by the way, this is one no, of No, my... no, I meant a Little Caesars. Are you at a Little Caesars just oh, in like no, a storage no, 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 room? No, 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 I'm not at a, at a Little oh. Caesars pizza joint. No, I'm at Little Caesars Arena in Detroit. Um, I can't control the light situation. I tried. I've been flicking lights on and all this. This is as good as it gets inside my booth. Looks I'm fine. The booth that I'm going to be broadcasting That's about all tonight. we want to see out of you anyway, so don't worry about it. Okay, That's well, good, good. good. We I don't, then, I, then it makes me look better on the soft light. That's That's a great mm-hmm. thing. Um, listen, man, this is a great way to start out the second, quote, second half of the season. Welcome in the Wizards. They stink. Drill them by 30, and let's move on, get some confidence, and let's get going. But I love all the reaction, not only from Malone, about what this team needs to be coming up in the second half of the season or this final push, but from the players, too. The, the, listen, we're refreshed. It was a great break. We needed it, all this kind of thing. It seems like they got their bodies and, more importantly, their minds in the right place, guys. Vic, this is, this is what this team needs right now. They, need, they, they needed that break, and now they need to refocus on the task at hand and realize what it is. No more lollygagging around, getting blown out. Let's go win some basketball games and get a top three. Period. End of story. Can I, can I give you one be, thing here, Vic, yeah. about that? Because you asked, well, wouldn't the second thing that I'm, I'm assuming this was the second because he mentioned this to, to you and the, the media scrum yesterday. Um, the second thing about playing consistent basketball, offense, defense, being in a rhythm, heading into the postseason. You said, well, wouldn't that take care of the third thing? And how about this? I think what this translation is, is, uh, you know, they play the Lakers – on March 2nd, so about, what, 10-ish days from now? Do the math. I'll, I'll be there. Let's oh, say the game is 85 to 84. Going back downtown, going back to La La Land. Let's say the game is 85-84, heading into the yeah. fourth quarter. I don't think he puts Jokic back in at the 10-minute mark just because they wouldn't win that game. He'll put him in later and maybe sacrifice a game that you would have for sure won into a game that turns into a toss-up because you waited because you aren't going to play your starters 39 to 40 minutes anymore in the regular season. Maybe that's what he means. Well, I I love that he acknowledged that the, the, the starting five is getting taxed. And they are getting taxed, man. I mean, they're playing a lot of minutes. Vic, Brett, just tell me. Just tell me that somehow the bench – is going to mold into a unit that you can trust, that the bench is going to be a unit that you can count on, that you don't have to kill your starters, and that they're going to be not only okay here for the rest of the regular season, but into the postseason as well. Can you tell me that that is the case? I'll tell you you something else. I'll tell you something else. Tell me. This is what Malone was just telling you. He doesn't care. He wants his starting five healthy. Because we did the belly aching last year about, dude, I don't know if this bench unit's got it. It's going to hold them back. That's going to be the reason they lose. The guys they picked up at the deadline in the, in the buyout market, both of those guys, they aren't even playing. We're relying on a rookie to play in the postseason. And what ended up happening? The starting five won you 16 games out of 20. You know, you had a lot of help from one guy off the oh, bench in Bruce Brown. Brucey B. Brucey yes. B. Brucey B, baby. You got one in Bruce Brown. But what's funny, and I don't know if you've noticed this, Vic, Jeff Green, when he came back and he got his championship ring uh, when Houston came back here, the crowd went nuts for Jeff Green, right? Went crazy for him. 
Do you remember what people were saying about Jeff Green during the playoff run last year? And heading into the playoff oh, yeah. run? Sure. They they did not want Jeff Green on the floor. Most fans did not. But because you win a championship, all that changes. Basically, what you got was one guy coming off the bench that really, really helped you. And maybe that should be the focus. Can you get one guy if your starting five is healthy? That That's what I'm thinking is going through Malone's head right now. Well, and the other thing, too, and this was not brought up yesterday because um, I, I think we're we're seeing what's going to happen. I don't see I would be sh- I would be shocked if the Nuggets got anything in the buyout market. I think that ship has sailed. Yeah. I think what you got is what you're going to get. There there's nobody there's nobody going to waltz in to help the Nuggets off the bench. What you got is what you get for the stretch run. So, all that all that talk about bringing in more help, what help? Who how? If I ain't happening. If I ask you this right now, Moj, because you were asking the question about the bench. If I just give you this information and nothing else, I don't tell you where they're seated. I don't. T- I don't tell you anything about the bench. Nothing. The Nuggets' starting five will be healthy the entire playoff run. Would you put your money on them to win a championship? I would definitely, because I think it's a great starting five, and they've been there, and done that, absolutely. But again. You're going to. Let's not like you can just walk through and not have somebody no. off the bench contribute. You're you going to have to have somebody suck it up and get it done. Yeah. And yeah. what I don't want to do is I don't want to be here on this program after playoff games going, man, the bench is a bunch of suckholes. I don't. I don't want Close. to do that. I, I, it, I'll give what? you a classic example. Game four in Miami, the game that ultimately ended the series. Once they won that game, do you remember who the heroes were from Game Four? They don't win that game without Bruce Brown. And Christian Brown. Mm-hmm. Go back and watch that game. Those two dudes came off the bench and gave them a major lift. Major. Hell, Bruce Brown couldn't miss in that game. And Christian Brown was an animal. So, yeah, you're going to have games where you're going to need some bench help. They can't just disappear entirely. The starting five intact? Great. Yeah, don't get me wrong, Brett. I love the starting five. I mean, I, I loved them last year. I, they won a championship. I love them this year. But they can't do it all. And, by the way, there are these times when, you know, MPJ will get cold or or Jamal will get cold up and down. I hope those days are gone. I mean, they both seem to think. That, at least I heard MPJ talking about the refreshed nature of the team and himself and so on. So I, I hope that everybody's just ready for a push and the days of going three for 13 from the floor are over. I hope those are done. Put them in the backside, and now let's focus on the task at hand. Well, again, uh, Nuggets back at it tonight as they take on Washington to open up the post-All-Star yeah, break kill They're going to kill them. Have you seen this? I mean, look, first of all, Washington is single digits in wins. Okay, they got nine wins on the season. Nine. The Nuggets are a 15-and-a-half-point favorite, dudes. I mean, they're going to wipe the floor with these guys. And if they don't – listen, 15-and-a-half, I'm taking the over, man. It, 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 you, can, you can have the 15. If they don't win by 20, I'm going to be pissed. Is that, is that the, asking uh, too much? It, no, I, I, no, want, if, I want a focus, I want, I want no, a focused, I attentive, ready-to-win. Ready a hungry Nuggets team. That's what I want. Now, Win by 20 is stupid. If the Avs don't win by five tonight, I'm going to be pissed. Well, dude, the, see how the stupid you Red Wings are. See how, well, the Red see Wings are a playoff you team. You say that? Dumb, dumb. You sound okay. stupid well, when you say stuff like okay. that. Okay. Listen, the Nuggets have 36 wins, the Wizards have nine. 
See, 36 is a bigger number than nine, so Vic, they, by a so lot. So if they don't win by 20. No, no, hold on a second. Going, let me Listen, get this do straight. Your, do, so if do, they don't win by ask, 20, you're going to be pissed. Is that is that understandable? Ask, ask your boyfriend, Sessa. See, 36 is a much bigger number than nine. It's 400% See, nine is single more. digits, right, 400% more. Let me, let's talk about it tomorrow morning. If the Nuggets win by 19, Mosier will oh, be pissed. Okay. Now, hold on a second. Okay. You're getting now exact. Oh, you want to you get exact? You want to get exact on the numbers? What I'm saying is I want them to come on out and drill these guys. Yeah. Come on out and just smoke hey. them and never look back. Don't let them hang around. I Don't agree. play tickle fight. I, come on out and kick ass. That. Is we that too much to that. ask? No, it's not. Hey, I want to ask you, though. Remember how you said that the games, uh, start times are always exactly to the second on time? We had a listener track your start time to the game the other night. It was supposed to start at 7.08, yep. and you were one minute and 12 seconds off. Exactly one minute and 12 seconds off start time. So who is Listen, to blame there? I didn't uh, – I never said – I said that the puck is drops at 7.08. That's what I said. It that's did what, not drop that's at 7.08. Okay, fine. Well, who do you want no, to guarant- talk to? You guaranteed me. You guaranteed it. You said the puck drops at the same time every night. Once they schedule it, it drops. You were one minute and 12 seconds late with the puck drop in that game. We have people now. We have our militia. We have people that watch these things for us. So whoever did that the other night that sent it to Brent and I, thank you. I appreciate you keeping track. Answer for it. I got, answer for your us? sins. I got nothing Repent. for you, idiots. I, I've, I've got I've got nothing for you. I've got nothing. All because I said I think the Nuggets should win by twenty. Yeah, you know, if they don't, be, I, I, it's it's the tone, it's the mentality, it's, it's the, your tone, the, it's your ridiculous. It's, everything's it's easy the killer. Tone. It, it's the no, it's the killer instinct, Vic. Don't you want to see this team have some killer instinct again? Don't of you want to see some do. want to? Okay, well then, I then, 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 I mean, this this whole Sacramento comes in and, and, and blitzes you in this in the second half of the basketball game and beats your ass. That that doesn't happen anymore. No, there's no more of that. You you got let off the hook and you should have been because you were tired, okay. worn down, and so on. Now this I is agree. this is where the real Nuggets. This is where the real Nuggets right. show up. Now right I want now. you to be just as passionate about the Avs and losing four in a row. Then that doesn't happen again. Two in a row. That doesn't happen again. I'm just saying 100%. you're a one track passion guy. You never do the same thing for the Avs. You 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 hold other teams to a different standard. Oh, you don't think you don't think that I, I hold this team to a higher standard? Talking about the Avalanche, you're out of your friggin' mind. They've won two in a row now. They're here in Detroit. Now listen to me. The Red Wings are in a playoff spot. So this is a playoff team. This is not a this is not a a Wizards type of situation. This is a playoff team. They're in the second wild card, and they're four clear of the next closest teams, which are, are bunched up behind them. The Avs are a favorite coming into this game. They've won two in a row, and they've been, been fixing things and, and, and correcting some things. Do I think they should win this game? You're damn right I do. They should win this game and then come on home and get ready for Austin Matthews and the Maple Leafs coming up on Saturday. That's exactly what should happen. 303-504-0925, Shop Mazda text line. Uh, when we return, there's some audio here from, we've had this guy on the show, Paul Allen. I love Paul Allen. I think he's fun. Moj, he is a, he's the kind of play-by-play guy that I put in your stratosphere from an entertainment standpoint, because that guy, you can watch YouTube montage clips of Paul Allen just ripping people during his Vikings broadcast. 
Doesn't he oh, do I a love show? It. Yeah, he's great. In Minneapolis? Doesn't yeah, he, he does. Do a talk yep, show he's well? got a long-time radio show there. <clears throat> Excuse me. Long-time radio show, and he also is the play-by-play voice for the Vikings. But he said he got some information about J.J. McCarthy and a infatuation, I guess we'll call it, from Sean Payton. My question about that is, are we casting a little bit too narrow of a net? We'll get to it next. Marty. So I'm having issues There's with this. I'm having issues with this uh, microphone box in front of me. Only Marty can turn this on, but the only way I can turn my microphone turn on, on is by hitting the talkback button to Marty. And Marty, I almost said something that. <laughs> that everybody got a piece of? Oh, yeah. man. I mean. Oh, yeah. Oh. We. We could have had to issue an apology oh, here on this show. Wow, that's scary. <laughs> hmm. Hey, little Caesar's boy. What is wrong with you this morning? What, you, Nothing. Got an this you know about you that's weird. Because you're because you were a jerk right off the bat to start the show. But number two, this arena. I was just walking around the the whole press level uh, upstairs above me. They did a. I mean, if you want to say something good about Detroit, this arena is really good. Their baseball, their baseball stadium, which is just down across the across the way here a little bit, is really good. The football stadium is really good. They did a good job here, man. But this arena is a it's one of my favorite arenas in the National Hockey League. This is a really, really what good is that? Arena. Is that like all I gotta say. five or six years old, or is it older than that? It's not very old, right? No, it's yeah, it's like five or six years old, something like that. Yeah, it's it hasn't been around that long. The Pistons play here as well. This is a great building, man. I mean, they they did a they did a really good job when they built it. They were they built a gondola, so you're right above the ice. I mean, I gotta kind of look over to see the ice, to see the boards on the like near San side. Jose? No, no, that we're way in the stratosphere there. No, but it's more like um, it's more like Calgary and it's more like uh, Winnipeg and that sort of thing. But it's a, it, they 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 didn't they didn't skip on anything. They did a good job, man. So so congratulations to Detroit. It's certainly better than the old Joe Lewis Arena, which was an awesome arena as long as you didn't have to pee or eat. Other than that, it was great. <laughs> um, all right. So can we get to this audio here from Paul Allen? And again, I encourage you guys to go listen to montages of Paul Allen. In fact, Marty, maybe at the end of this segment, pull one of those up on YouTube because I love listening to him yelling at opposing players and refs. Um, <laughs> But he was talking on his podcast about J.J. McCarthy and Sean Payton. Listen. Now we're at 11. Well, right behind us is the anti-Vike, Sean Payton and the Denver Broncos and that fat-ass minus 30 that they have on the cap. And Russ will become available. You know, so bridge quarterback for the Vikings. That can be a conversation later involving Russell Wilson. But, I mean, they're, they're, I think they're going to take a quarterback. And, you know, I mean, I, I, I've been here. Uh, not a half week, but it's approaching a half week, and you know there, there's just a little bit of steam that's beginning to emerge locally that Sean Payton loves JJ McCarthy, and he's a quarterback from a pro style offense with a strong arm. I'm not going to say he reminds him of Drew Brees. Uh, McCarthy moves more than Drew, and he's taller, and he's not as accurate. And Drew Brees is football immortality, but the anti-Vike covets the next Drew Brees. So just keep that in mind, you know, when you're thinking 11, and if you're thinking J.J. McCarthy at 11, just know behind you, you have a desperate anti-Vike who basically will beg, borrow, and steal mm. to get exactly what he wants from this draft from a quarterback standpoint. But uh, 
pretty uh, pretty reliable individual informed me over the weekend that uh, Peyton is quite enamored with J.J. McCarthy. Okay, two things, maybe three things. Number one, most importantly, Marty, I need to have fat ass minus 30 on a drop, please. That's pretty good. He's got that fat that's ass minus good. 30 on, a, on, yeah, on the cap. Yeah, that's pretty good. What, what does that mean? They're in the whole $30 million in the salary cap right now. That's what that means. Yeah, I like that. Keep up. So, with, keep, so keep, do that. Hey, Vic, Vic, keep up. Keep up. Keep up. Keep up. Those in that fat ass minus 30. <laughs> Secondly, I love that. So good. Um, I think the idea, and I know he's looking for this. I think we all kind of know that he would love to have another Drew Brees because who wouldn't? Because Drew Brees is one of the best to ever do it. Is that casting too narrow of a net? Is is looking for just the next Drew Brees, that style of player, too narrow? For example, if you had a clone of Lamar Jackson in this draft who is available at 12, he does not play like Drew Brees. But he's also very good. Is that something he'd be willing to take on his football team where he'd have to change his offense to fit the skill set of that type of guy? Yeah. Is That's it too narrow question. to think, I just want the next breeze? Well, can, yeah, can with, I, with, coaches, like with coaches, though, real quick, with coaches, do they get stuck on just trying to find the same guy all the time for their offense? I mean, I, I think back to the 49ers. They go from Joe Montana to Steve Young, two totally different quarterbacks, and they made it work. And, and I, I'm wondering, Vic, did Mike Shanahan chase the next John Elway when he drafted Cutler as opposed to just hanging with Jake Plummer, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very interesting question. Go ahead, Vic. I'm sorry. Well, I I just wonder, we keep hearing different people say uh, Peyton's in love with this guy. I've heard Sean Payton's in love with Drake May. I've heard Shane Pay- uh, Sean Payton's in love with Caleb Williams. Sean Payton's in love with J.J. now. You know what? Nobody knows. Sean Payton is coy. Sean Payton is not dumb. Sean Payton's been around the block enough. He's not telling people who he's in love with. So all these reports, and we live in the world of reporting. We live in the world of this stuff. Let me tell you some some insight here. Everybody's guessing, okay? So when they say we have a reliable guy, I got a reliable source here, I got this, I got that, you don't. You don't. Sean Payton is not walking around saying, guys, guys, take a look at this. Man, look, this is our No, that's not happening. Whenever I hear that, I just stop. Whenever I hear say, I got somebody reliable that told me. No, no, you don't. You may think you do. You may, they may think they are. That's completely and utterly false. Okay, that's, that's totally fair. And, and this is sort of lying season in the NFL anyway. They'll tip you well, off to things. Well, it's not fair. It's not fair. It's the truth. Well, how I, many different quarterbacks <laughs> just in the last month, Brett? How many? Oh, Sean Payton loves Caleb Williams. We read about that. Remember that? Oh, yes, oh yes. My God. Oh, Sean Payton loves Drake May. It's Drake May. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess Drake what I'm trying to say, though, Vic, is like you have at times on this show said, hey, I heard from somebody within the Broncos that this and this and this. And it's not that it's untrue. That's not the case. And by the way, Paul Allen, who has been in Minnesota for decades, there's a few Vikings front office members that are with the Broncos. I'm not saying just believe this totally, but the question remains here. I think one thing is true, that he has a certain type of quarterback in mind. The question, and this kind of ties into another thing that we brought up about a month ago, when he brings in the former Saints guys, like Pete Carmichael and a whole bunch of former Saints players to the roster, 
You're trying to recreate something. It's success that you had in New Orleans. My question has always been, can you really copy and paste that from a different division with different opponents in different situations and replicate that elsewhere? So if you're looking for Drew Brees, and like I said, a Lamar Jackson clone is sitting there at 12, do you just say, that's not my style of quarterback, I don't want that? That's... I, I agree with you. I agree. I mean, style of quarterback is one thing. At the end of the day, there's so much more than just style. There's so much more than just build. Mm-hmm. There's so much more than just throwing motion. There's so much more that goes into getting the next Drew Brees. It's more than just this guy looks and plays like him. It's not. That's not enough. There has to be more. I'm just. I, I just want to stop this before it gets too too crazy because we've got a couple more months to go before the NFL draft. Mm-hmm. And I need to ask you again, I love Paul Allen. He's one of my favorites in the business. And I agree. How the hell is Paul Allen supposed to know who Sean Payton likes as his quarterback? That is the biggest BS I've ever heard in my life. Well, like and the it, fact we give it life is ridiculous. Well, like you said, Vic, he's there's it, former Vikings people inside of the Broncos it, front I office. I don't think he's just up. like I'm taking it out of nowhere. I'm not saying he's holding it out up. his backside. I did I say that? The fact oh, you that said that it was BS. Well, you, no, yeah, you said it was BS a bunch of crap. The, the the information is BS. Do you think Sean Payton is going to tell anybody who he likes yeah. as the next quarterback? Time, time out, time out, Vic. I'll bet that Sean Payton, outside of his wife has had conversations with other people about who he likes and who he doesn't like. I'm confident of that. Or he just keeps it all to himself. Hey, everybody else in the organization, you all go to hell. I think he's probably Bunch talking to losers. George. I'm keeping this to myself. Hey, <laughs> hey, George Payton, suck it. You're not getting not getting any information out of me. I'm keeping this all to myself, and I'm going to die. So- I'm going to go to my grave loving McCarthy or May, and I'm not going to tell anybody. You're all by the patrol hyped out. What do you mean I'm hyped out? You don't. You're all you, hyped you out about it. I mean, Paul Allen. Paul Allen said. This stuff. Paul Allen, who seems like a reliable dude, said he heard that 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 Peyton is enamored with JJ McCarthy. Uh, he got it from somebody. He didn't pull it out of his yeah. butt. I mean, how was that? You know, it, with what do you, you, you can okay. Well, you can choose to believe it or not. I, I'm watching him in the big games. I mean, I I think he is the kind of quarterback. He's the product of a great team. He's the he's the product of a great running back. What game was it where they didn't run the ball in the second half and they still won? The Natty. Was that the Ohio State game? No, no this is the no, national no. championship game, wasn't it? No, it wasn't the Natty. There was another game. Uh there was another game in which I don't think they attempted a run in the second half. I think it was against Ohio State. Somebody help me out with this. They didn't run. They just or they didn't pass the ball. They just said, nah, I'm just gonna keep running. We don't need to. I and I just wonder, is is that a a, a Typical modern NFL quarterback, well, I'll, Iowa. Yeah, I'll tell thanks, you this. Lex. It was against Iowa. I, do you remember that Iowa game? <laughs> yeah, all you have to do is run the ball 18 times against Iowa, score three points, and you win the game. But, but they, they just basically said, yeah, we're, we're just not going to include the pass today. I'm kind of with you on this. Um, McCarthy's interesting because I feel like we put a lot of stock into quarterbacks who win national championships in, in college. And look, valid, fine. But at the end of the day, when you win a Super Bowl, those those are mostly dominated by quarterbacks who are elite guys. College football teams can win national championships without great quarterbacks. We've seen that well, over I mean, and over AJ, again. AJ McCarron just went to the back to the Battle Hawks or whatever. Yeah, right, right. right. I mean, so, you know, guys like that. Okay, but yeah, I, I'm kind of with Vic on this. McCarthy, 
he made a couple throws where I go, whoa. And then they didn't ask him to do much else afterwards. So I'm not totally <laughs> I'm not totally sold okay. on it either. Well, we just you you just yesterday, if I'm not mistaken, I was in studio. We, well, no, yeah, you just said that the dude has done his mock. He has all four quarterbacks going in the top eight, right? Yeah, Daniel. Nobody Jeremiah. gets past. Yeah, nobody gets past eight. So if the Vikings are looking at eleven, they're going to have to move up. And if Sean Payton is looking at twelve. If he truly is, then he's going to have to move up essentially. And I don't think it, I don't think it's you know nothing is lost in the fact that that the Broncos are in need of a quarterback, and so are the dang Vikings. They both need a quarterback for sure. They do. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, Marty, do you have a montage of that? Because I can I hear him yelling at people like Jalen Rager again. There's one of them where he yells at Jalen Rager, and it's beautiful. Make a punt and blow it. Snap. Hawk, left-footed punt, bad punt. Rager runs up on it. Their punter's terrible. Flag comes in. This referee call, um, officiating his first Viking game, Trey Blake. I hope you never come back again. Empty snap, another four-man rush. Throws left to Jefferson, who's blasted by Stephon Gilmore, who should be thrown out of the game. Stephon Gilmore should be thrown out of the game for that hit. And he's lucky that somebody doesn't come off the sideline and whoop his butt. And Whoa. it's intercepted <laughs> at the three-yard line. For some reason, Jalen Rager stopped running the route. Yeah, get him off the field. Are you kidding me with this Jalen Rager move? What are we doing? <laughs> That's the second interception that Cousins has thrown trying to get the ball to Jalen Rager. The other one was the pick. Notice they don't have Stephon Gilmore on Jefferson anymore. Funny how that works out. Second and four. This Hawk punt. How the heck is this guy in the league? Bounces at the 15. Of course, it takes a bad bounce for the Colts because their punter's terrible. Oh, right, is that two all things. from the same game? Two things. Oh, that was from the same game. Same game. <laughs> two things. He's doing play-by-play and color at the same time. <laughs> he's doing both. He's he's serving. They don't need an analysis, an analysis guy. They they have him doing all of it. That's number one. And number two, just goes to show you how soft Mosier really is as an announcer. I mean, Moj. That is so beyond what any other broadcast team does, though. Like, I've never heard, especially, like, a regional local broadcast team say about their own player, oh, my God, get him off the field. He's terrible. Mosier, try that. Try broadcasting what so, you so, believe. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay, try I'll it do that, Vic. Try yeah, it. I'll do that, Vic. Yeah. Give it a shot. Johansson, what the hell that. are you doing? Where have you been? Here comes the punt, and it's terrible because he's terrible. You're like, jeez, dude. <laughs> and shoot score. Georgie, it was right in your glove. Get a glove that fits. Uh, I can't believe. See how, how long you keep your job. How long was that, Marty, that little montage? Was that like a minute and a half? Yeah, it was just about a minute. But that is well, all from one game, all those comments. You know what? That tells you how much pull Paul Allen has in Minneapolis oh, yeah. to be able to call a game like that, all right? Let me tell you something about our business. Because if you do stuff like that, if you start haranguing the players mid-game, you're going to hear about it. So you better have a lot of pull to be able to get away with that. Clearly, he does. I... Clearly, he's like, yeah, whatever. I'm going to say what I want. What are you going to do about it? Hey, did you hear, by the way, Moshe, that Alabama let go of the great Eli Gold? They did? You're kidding. Yes. Wow. Yes. No Eli way. Gold, an institution in Alabama, 
the voice of the Crimson Tide. He's been doing those games forever. Why? What and happened? not for any no health reason. No, just they're done. Is with he him. just because he's old? He's just old or what? He's seventy. That's he's only, not like he's only ancient. seventy. He's not. Yeah, he's not. Wow, just a little older than you. I mean, I mean th- that is not old. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> that's too bad, man. Eli Gold is great. Wow. So what? Thirty five year thirty five years, and they tell me get out. That's crazy. Saban left, and they're like, we're doing everything new now. Okay. I wonder if he had some sort of you know. Saban Association, where as soon as Saban goes, he goes. And the administration said, forget it. He's out. That's crazy. That is if, crazy. If Alabama can remove an institution like Eli Gold, ain't nobody safe. I'm looking at you, Kane. Goat. I've, Nick, I've known that from the second I got here. <laughs> like, you didn't need to give me a reminder. I'm well aware. Uh, Why? Why are you talking like this? Why do you just do it like that? Me? Yeah, that's what you just did. I, I need you two to do me a favor. I need you two to, like, go take a warm bath or something before you come back. You two got a little tootish problem this morning, both of you. you. Who's got a little bit more of an attitude? It started with you, and now it's turning into Moj. But this it's is turning the other way. Am. I'm, I'm just being myself. For those who are chiming in on the text line, Vic is angry this morning. I'm not angry. I woke up gray. I have yeah. great news that I shared with my pals earlier that I cannot share on the air. I, I, I'm not. Our ratings are higher than ever. I'm, this is great. I'm not angry, people. This is who I am. This is sports. It's debate. It's, it's fun. You get up in arms about sports. I like to get up in arms about sports. I'd rather do this than get up in arms about other stuff I, that goes on in the world. I got something, by the way, that I was up in arms. And I'm never up in arms about this subject, but I saw something yesterday that totally made me irrational. Like the people I dislike. We'll get to it next. Jeff Flakewald's going to join us in 15 minutes. Uh, Av's going to be on AM 950 tonight, Nuggets on 92.5. But there is something that bothered me, and I don't get bothered by this stuff very often. I think we're all kind of on the same page here. Moj actually might be different. Um, I'm not like a uniform guy. Like, I don't, I don't care all that much about what the uniforms look like. Now, I'll admit that when the Broncos go to, like, the throwback uniform. I think it looks cool. Stuff like that. But it's not like I'm not emotionally happy or sad or angry when a a new uniform drops. But I will tell you this. Whatever the MLB is doing to their jerseys needs to stop. Because I don't know if you guys saw what happened yesterday. So a lot of people are talking about it's Fanatics, right? Is that their new partnership in the MLB? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. the actual tops to the uniform, they do look different. And it did it first. I, I can't describe it. I'm not a fashion guy. But it doesn't have the pop or the zip that the uniforms used to have. But yesterday is where I draw the line. I saw the full-length photos of these uniforms. The pants are see-through. Did you guys wait, see wait, that? Wait, wait. No, what? No, no. The, where the guys tuck their jerseys in, you can see right through to the jersey. Oh, you can. The white pants. Yes. No, that's y- unacceptable. You can't do that's, that. No, you can't do that. That's unacceptable. There, there's going to be some problems there. That 
These guys don't wear cups. Yeah, unless you're a catcher. Yeah, these that's a problem. That that looks ridiculous. Right? That looks like that looks like my communion photo age seven. That that's that's terrible. But how look, you're a multi billion dollar business. I, I get it. You change companies, you make a little bit more money, whatever. You you can't do that. That can't happen. Like, as you said, Vic, I this isn't Little League. Little League, every kid wears a cup and then you get to like college and then it's catchers and maybe a third baseman and nobody else does maybe this is their way to get the um, female audience back to the ballpark i i, okay. I don't know okay but all they're all gonna right. see is boxer briefs <laughs> i mean it's not it's wait a minute what unless nobody's unless free ball for the nobody's free ball no, in inside baseball played pants for the rockies when jason giambi was here Oh, you're right about that. Yes, you're right about that. That is true. Okay. All right. So we're going full thong. Okay. Um, Here's the story. They say that they they teamed with like 300 players to make the the jerseys more breathable, more wearable. It's like performance type of stuff, right? This is what Nike said because Nike designed it and turned it it over to fanatics to, to get the job done. And some, well, yeah, I, mean, I guess they are breathing a little bit. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Every part of your body is getting a little bit, bit of breath, breath, fresh air. Uh, no, but the thing is that they said they're designed to be, you know, performance wear, uh, more stretchable. You know, they're, they're supposed to be different. And some of the guys say they like the way they feel, even if you can see through them, I guess. I, I, I don't know, man. They look different to me. The letters look smaller, don't they? The letters to me look, I don't know. It just it looks yes, different. Yes, they do. Optically, optically, they look different. Yes, and I they agree. don't look as good. And I think you guys will agree on me with me on this. Out of all the the sports, and I think all of them, the people that care most about their appearance is baseball players. NFL might be a little bit closer, but most hockey guys don't really care what they look like. No, they don't. Um, hoops guys wear the sleeves. You know, some guys wear sleeves and whatnot. Yeah, but it's Who's all that gal. Who's the the gal who plays for LSU basketball and she wears just the one leg? Angel Reese. She's got. Mm-hmm. Is it her? Right. She's got. She's got yeah, one leg. Okay. Jamal Mer- Jamal Murray yeah. only wears one. one yeah. Leg so yeah, exactly. So so I mean, you can you can have it, it's probably to to for protection, obviously number one, but number two. You can make it a bit of a fashion situation. In the NHL, everybody's got to wear the same thing. In the NFL, everybody's got to wear the same thing. In baseball, you can choose different pants. You can have stirrups if you want to, right? You can have the pants oh, no. come just below the just you, below the well, knee, what, guys, or the ones that guys, are all the way do you, down to the cleats. You hike what? the pant to the knee. You go to the cleats. Do I open up the top button or not? Right. Do right. I you wear got, the wristbands? Eye black yeah, yeah. with the sunglasses. So, I got batting right. gloves on. Do I have two more in my back pockets as I'm wearing them? What does the term uniform mean? Like, I went to private Catholic school all my life, and we had to wear uniforms. Uniform. So it means you have to be uniform. You have to wear the same thing. So in sports, this is your uniform. This is what you wear. We all look the same. You're exactly right, Moshe. In football and hockey, they all look the same. They all wear the same things. But the, the one thing that, that you could see in football, they wear different color cleats. You notice that? The bright yellow. Sometimes they'll wear those bright yellow cleats. I'm thinking, is that a flag? Is that a flag on the field? Well, they what have is going those. On? Is it just like a one week thing, or do that my cause my cleats thing? Is that now like season season long? You know what I'm talking about? 
Yeah, I think it's designs. I think it's I think it's one week per one one week per year. I think not only do they do that in football, but they actually measure the length of the sock. Everything in baseball, you have a baseball pant that goes all the way down to the ankle. You have a baseball pant that goes just above the knee. You have different versions of the same uniform. Not every version is the same. Barry Bonds made that, as you might agree, Barry Bonds made it cool to wear pants all the way down to the ankle. Yeah, right? long yeah. pants. That's yep. cool again. Yeah. Yep. Hey, Brett, did you, when I, all through Nick, my life, played Nick ball. Castellanos, by the way, he'll go three buttons deep with no undershirt and just <laughs> let it hang out there. Oh, Travolta? yeah, yeah. Hey, full yeah. Travolta. Yes. Travolta. Yeah, full Travolta. I, uh, I always wore stirrups. When did guys stop? Brett, did you wear stirrups? You had the long I pants. I actually did in high were... school. In high school, we wore stirrups okay. I didn't because it was. Them. I don't I either. They were them. annoying, actually, because yeah, they would I, like what, what... slip up at the back of your heel, it. get out of the shoe. When I played baseball as a kid, I was like, "What? What are we doing with this extra sock? What? What does this mean? What's what?" I don't know. I, I I liked I like stirrups. I don't know. I think I think they but what, they're what aesthetically pleasing to the eye. I asked 1920s Babe Ruth. I don't. I don't know. Okay, so I don't know. 1920s Babe Ruth. Whoever came up with the stirrup, Pebbly Jack. What are we doing here? What does it do? Is it the equivalent of like when you have a three-piece suit on? Is it the would the stirrups be the vest? vest? Is that what we're talking about here? I I've never understood it. Give it a little pop of color, says Rodney. Maybe so. Okay, That's it says a, here, stirrups, stirrups started as a way to prevent injuries while preserving baseball players' huh? comfort. How? Wait, what? And it Injury provides how? extra support for your ankle, ankles and the balls That's of your feet. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Don't be stupid. I, Whoever wrote that, who wrote that? I want, I want the writer. I want the writer. They were originally worn to help keep baseball socks in place and prevent them from falling down during a game. Over time, stirrups became more ornamental and different teams began to adopt unique designs. That's, Send me the author. You know what that sounds like? That sounds like the stirrup company. That sounds like That's a the statement dumbest thing I've ever heard. That More sounds like something a stirrup ankles. company would say. Mm. <laughs> hey guys, guys, I keep twisting my ankle. I've, I've had three ankle surgeries. Help Here, me out. put Here, these piece put these cloth. remarkably thin stirrups on. Yeah, they're going to be great. Most, that came straight from Big Stirrup. That statement. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, by the way, yeah. uh, we got we got a press release here from Jeff Stirrup. He says they really are a fu- they are function they function over fashion. It's it's a sister oh, company funny. of Big Pharma, uh, right? Correct. Just real quick here, Vic. What would you do if this happened? Okay, okay. you are the highest paid baseball player on your team. You're there for spring training. You guys are getting geared up for the season. You have a star young player rising through the ranks. He's at the plate. You got this really fancy car in the parking lot. Luxury SUV. A lot of money. And Ellie De La Cruz rips one right off like the window. How? Like, wait, wait. You mean a, a baseball he rips? Yes, yes. Yes. Taking BP. Be careful. <laughs> yes. Dude. Taking BP. He ganked it, it into the parking lot. And Sorry. hits the car of, well, hits your car that is expensive. Do you say what is said to him, which is, you have to pay for this? Yeah. Oh, hey, really? Longtime Rockies fans will remember this. That's a great story. Back yes. when the Rockies yes. used to practice in Tucson, I covered spring training there. And there's a parking lot right behind one of the fields. Dante Bichette was renowned. Listen, and the players were smart. They didn't park in that parking lot. That was usually executives or people visiting. And Dante Bichette was renowned during BP saying, all right. 
Let's see how many windshields we can get. I did an entire story on them trying to hunt windshields during BP. It was hilarious. They did it all the time. I'm not kidding, Vic. Plenty of times in my unsuccessful baseball career when we were playing in colleges that they had the parking lot that was right outside left field, we did the same thing. It's like you go on the driving range, you sure. see the cart guy walking around, you're like, yeah. I'm going to try and lay one right on this Give me guy. a target. Oh, of course you do. Yep. 100%. Yep. Do you guys remember I, most, you, who was the guy? Who was the guy at Coors Field who hit one out of the park in a game it was, and broke a windshield? The big game. Well, it was also field it, concourse. It was also during the '98 All Star Game. Uh, they were ganking him. They were ganking him over left field into the parking lot out there. Yeah, a couple cars got nailed for sure. Yep. Was that Big Cat? I can't remember uh, who it was. Uh, Galarraga hit Cat. the longest homer I've ever seen in the old old Miami Stadium, where, yeah. where he hit it. He almost hit it yeah. out of the stadium, but he hit it the, the very top of the stadium. Insanity, man. I hit one out of the infield once at Coors Field. And I That's awesome that was a treat. That's great. That's really good, Vic. Proud of you. Did I tell you guys that, um, like two years after I got done playing baseball, I was in a media home run derby that took place before the College World Series. Home mm-hmm. runs in the media home run derby were if you hit it out of the infield, it was a home run. I oh, went. Sh- I went last. Oh, you were probably a witch. I hit like six out of the park and everybody was in awe. Like, and I'm like, well, I, well, been, I, I had been, some practice at this. That's pretty damn good. <laughs> we had one of those about five years ago at Coors and I raised my hand and said, I'll do it. I was so bad, it was embarrassing. Vic struck it, out. I No, I didn't strike. I could not lift the ball in the air. Everything was a line drive or a grounder to second. I couldn't get the ball in the air. And then Brandon McManus goes up there. You could tell he's a great athlete. Mm-hmm. He freaking lifted three or four straight over the left field wall. Bam, bam, bam. Before Vic went out there, he said, how do you know if you're lefty or righty? <laughs> <laughs> Depends what side of the field you're standing on, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what side of the room are you standing on? Okay, sounds good. 